And we're back with another exciting episode of Rick's Horror Movie Review Show. Rick's Rated R Horror Movie Review Show, where we review horror movies. And in this episode, we're going to talk about scary things. My favorite kind of scary movie, things that uh, go bump in the night. Maybe the Catholic Church, a haunted house, a demon in your attic. The remains of a murdered person in your basement who haunts you, who stands behind you, but you turn around and there's nothing there. You feel their eyes, but you turn around and there's nothing there. I love scary movies. Uh, I think they're the best kind of movies there are. They're much better, I think, in my opinion, than, or, uh, <laughs> than action movies or drama movies and uh, comedy movies. But that's my opinion. Everybody has a taste. Then I, I want to talk about a movie called Run. This movie is phenomenal. You can find this movie on Hulu right now. So let's get started. Let's, let's just jump right into this one. Typically, I talk about the things that I like and the things that I don't like. And in this episode, we're going to first and foremost talk about the things I didn't like about this movie. And then we're going to talk about the things we really liked about this movie. We're going to get into the story and a whole host of things that were done really, really well. And remember, this is a spoiler full review of the movie Run on Hulu. At the end of the review, we're going to give this movie a rating. So let's get right into this. Let's talk about the things I didn't enjoy about this movie. Number one, nothing. I enjoyed absolutely everything about this movie. I mean, honestly, this was so well done. I couldn't think of anything. Nothing glaringly obvious that comes to the top of my head that jumps out at me that says, oh, this movie should have been this, or this movie should have been that, or gee golly, I wish they'd done this. Not at all. They did such a tremendous job with the story of this movie that uh, I, 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 finding anything to complain about would just be ridiculous. So we're not. So let's jump right into the things that we really enjoyed about this movie. Number one, this is a great story. And like any great story, there has to be plot elements that move the story forward. And the story of, of, of this character or the characters in this movie are is phenomenal. So overall, the story is fantastic. And we're going to get into it. Second thing I really enjoyed about this movie was the fantastic acting, especially by the, uh, by the actress, by the young actress who portrays the character of Chloe. My goodness, I mean, what a job at really capturing our imaginations and playing with our emotions. Beautiful, beautiful acting. There's, I think there's a great use of tropes here as well. Uh, horror movie tropes. Not there aren't that many. And one could argue that this isn't necessarily a horror movie, but has it's a suspense movie with horror element. And that's okay. I found this movie to be extremely entertaining. So much so that I decided to put this movie in a horror movie review podcast. You know why? Because it's my show. Also, we've already reviewed A Haunting in Venice, and that wasn't necessarily a horror movie anyway. So this movie has horror elements, although not necessarily classified as a horror movie. I think you can feel the horror from the perspective of the main character, and that's why we're including it in this review. I also think that the movie in this movie, <laughs> the movie in this movie, I also think that the music in this movie is, is subtle, uh, but it definitely hits the right chords and the right notes, and it's definitely... You know, uh, it definitely does a tremendous job at accentuating the emotions and uh, the things that the uh, visuals attempt to portray and give you a sense for what the character is experiencing. There's also a great, probably one of the best and most satisfying endings to a horror thriller suspense movie that I've ever seen that I can imagine. But let's jump right into the story of this movie, I think, because it's just fantastic. And as I said earlier, 
This is the story of a young woman and her mother, Chloe and Diane. Diane is the mother, Chloe is the daughter. Diane, we see we start this movie. We start this movie. <laughs> we start this movie at the beginning. We start this movie with Diane being uh Diane in the hospital as Chloe, her daughter, is born. Now, Chloe is born with a whole host of issues that are wrong with her, and the movie does a tremendous job at explaining each one of those. I don't remember what they all are. Again, this is my review. I haven't researched any of this stuff. This is just from what I remember as I saw it, as I heard it, as I experienced it, and I'm giving that to you. So she has, at the very least, she has asthma. I think she also has a heart arrhythmia, along with a bunch of other things that are listed on there. But the point of the story here is that the baby was born prematurely and has a tremendous amount of health issues. We see Diane overlooking her daughter, Chloe, for, you know, 20, 30 seconds of scene before we flash forward 17 years now diane and chloe enjoying life yes we see now diane that in fact she has issues with her health she has you know the, the asthma that i mentioned she's wheelchair bound but she's thriving you know we see her we see her room we see that she's interested in electronics she has she's building a 3d printer she has beautiful pictures of space and galaxies and she has a poster of the big bang theory she also has a soldering iron. Anytime put, anybody puts a soldering iron in a movie, I am already going to give you one point just for doing that beautiful thing to see. And then we move on to the story itself. The story of Diane and, uh, and Chloe. And um, some of the most interesting things that I think we saw here are, like, we start to see who these characters are. And we see that Diane homeschooled Chloe. And you could imagine that that happened because of the amount of attention and care that uh, Diane, or rather that Chloe required as a young child. But no one really questions that at the beginning of the movie. It seems pretty, I would say, acceptable, even though, you know, homeschooling to me is kind of a weird thing. But I, I guess, you know, we could, we could look past it. Things start to get a little interesting and weird when we find out that there's no internet access in the home, or at the very least, not immediately in the room uh, chloe's room and that's a little odd to me at first because i mean she has a 3d printer in her room but no computer and no internet access so how is she supposed to grab the stl prints or the stl files to print to her 3d printer i don't know what do i know about 3d printing but the point is, is that she doesn't have internet in her room she also doesn't have a cell phone so that's the second thing that stands out to me as odd in this particular movie right now we keep looking for odd things like the movie does a really good job at showing all of these odd things and we're experiencing them as the characters experiencing them herself and one of the things we know about chloe already is that she's a very smart girl she's extremely intelligent just from her interests and from ability to build a 3d printer on her own i can tell that the girl's smart she's on her way to being an engineer i think she's a fan of u of w uh university of washington or washington state university she's a fan of one of those things and she's on her way she's an extremely caring we already know that she's, this is a smart girl. This girl here, she ain't no dummy. This is a smart girl. And um, we continue seeing her story, right? Or rather, seeing the oddities in the way, the way that the, the mother treats her. The next thing that really stands out about this film or, or about the plot of the story is when uh, the mother, Diane, runs home or comes home with a bag of groceries. And Chloe, Chloe notices something interesting. There's a medication bottle in the groceries. But the medication that she usually takes, she recognizes this pill. It's a green pill. But it's not under her name. It's under her mother's name. Now, why would that be the case? Hmm. Fascinating, isn't it? 
And so Chloe confronts her mother about this uh, at dinner. Not in a negative confrontational way, even though I just said confronts her mother. Not at all. She says, Mother, hello, dear mother. I've noticed that the medication bottle is under your name. Uh, She doesn't say it in in that accent uh, with that kind of cadence, but she does question it. And the mother retorts, Well, young lady, that their medication has uh, the uh, uh, pharmacy uh, um, uh, label that is, of course, always under uh, the name of the person who picked up the medication, who happens to be me, of course, and therefore that is uh, uh, why the uh, medication is um, under uh, my name. Perfectly acceptable explanation. Of course, not a slight hint of uh, anything abnormal or suspicious there. And Chloe looks at her mother for a second. Huh. Interesting. But all is fine and good. Chloe's a good girl, even though she smells something fishy. She doesn't question her mother. At least not yet, anyway. But we do keep going on this point with the medication, because it's such a huge plot point in the story. The medication itself... Is, is a really important thing because it leads to other things and uh, other things and other things and fucking, you know, it's, it's just such a huge thing. So I got to go over all of this shit, the medication. Medication is the key. The medication in this movie is the thing that you have to focus on in this movie. If you watch this movie, if you haven't seen this movie, it's the fucking medication. Without the medication, there is no this movie. So I got to talk about this fucking medication as much as I got to talk about it because it's a really fucking important thing to talk about the fucking medication. Okay? Medication. More medication. What are we talking about? Medication. So that night, Chloe, because she doesn't have internet in her room, well, she starts to sneak downstairs to use the computer downstairs. And she's coming down the stairs in her automatic uh, machine. I don't know what it's called, but it helps her bring her uh, wheelchair down. And as she's coming down, we see the silhouette. This is, this is beautiful. A, a perfect horror movie trope executed beautifully. Not overused, not overdone. Her mother lurking in the shadow you can barely tell the figure of her mother's there but we see her as chloe slowly coming down the stairs and then she enters the scene and the mother behind her and she attempts to use the computer because it's the only location where there's internet and of course she's going to use by the way point to the writers point to the person who sets up the computer in the movies because this computer actually used google chrome I wouldn't have used Google Chrome. I wouldn't have used, my goodness, can't speak now. I wouldn't have used Google Chrome because it's not a safe browser. For all of you who are interested in browser safety, please give me a call. What am I talking about? <laughs> I'd use Firefox. But anyway, uh, she also has uh, Steam on there. So she's clearly a gamer or someone in the house is a gamer and they're using a Windows operating system. You know what? I should really, I should really make an episode about uh Operating systems in movies and whether or not they use the real thing or they use some fake operating system, which really drives me nuts. But anyway, besides the point, we're going to have to track it. Back to the track. Medication, medication, medication. She's trying to figure out what this medication is, but there's no internet on that computer. Hmm. But now Chloe's mom, Diane, also sees what she's trying to do, right? So we fast forward to the next day where at breakfast, Chloe hears Diane on the phone talking to somebody. Who is she talking to? Oh. My mother's on the phone with somebody. And the mother, of course, is, mis- is you know, misdirecting the entire time. She's talking about customer service and shits down and has a conversation with Chloe. Says something along the lines of like, well, you know, that their customer service is real bad. And Chloe's like, what the fuck, mom? What's up with the internet? 
or rather who are you talking to and uh and then uh, diane's like well young lady how do you know the internet's down and this is at this point where chloe can lie and pretend like she doesn't know what she's talking about well she kind of did <laughs> actually did lie she's like well mom i tried to use the internet last night uh, but she didn't tell her why she said she was researching a a 3d printed part or something for her 3d printer that was missing but anyway the point is is that she she senses now she senses that something is up and she's really trying to figure out what's up with this medication that is not under her name but you know she takes constantly every day fast forward another scene more medication more medication 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 so now she sees her mother, Diane, outside watering their plants because they have a beautiful garden. By the way, this movie takes place somewhere in Seattle or outside of Seattle or near Seattle or adjacent to Seattle. And while her mother is outside watering the plants, Chloe decides that she's going to use her old school landline. For all you kids out there who don't know what a landline is, that's like a cell phone connected to a line. A line, I mean a cable. And the cable goes to the wall. And the wall goes to the telephone company. And she attempts to use the phone to call the pharmacy to figure out. He's like, hey, what the fuck is this medication my mom's giving me? That's not really in my name. But of course, she dials the pharmacy. And the pharmacist knows exactly who it is because she has caller ID. For all you kids out there who don't know what caller ID is, that's when the cell phone or when the, when, when the landline and the other line says on the digital screen there, who's calling? It says your name and it says your phone number. And of course, she hangs up the phone immediately and then, you know, thinks, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And she just dials right or she dials 411. 411 for all you kids. No, I'm not going to do that shit anymore. 411 is a place she would call to get information about shit. Okay, so she tries calling 411 and they give her the number of a pharmacy, but it costs money. And she doesn't want more, she doesn't want her mother to find out that she used 411 is the point of the story here. So she dials a random number and the person who picks up gracefully and not gracefully you know, gives her a hard time about, uh, you know, trying to help her figure out what this fucking medication is. But the point is, is like she, you know, she, she's so smart. She just manipulates this dude into telling her, or rather manipulates the student into opening up his phone or his browser, going to Google and figuring out what exactly is this medication that she's, uh, that she's taking. So he gives her the name Ryboxin. I, I don't fucking remember the name of the medication, but the point is the dude starts to dicks. I'm choking over myself here. The dude tries to describe what the medication looks like to Chloe. And it's clearly not the medication that she's taken, right? So the medication that she's being given is a green and gray pill or green and white pill. I don't fucking remember. Red pill, blue pill. This is a green and gray pill or green and white pill. Point is, it's not the medication that is on the label. It's not the color of the medication that the guy on the phone described. Because he said the pills were red little red pill and she's taking these green pills so now chloe knows something's the fuck up is my mom giving me some fucked up medication when chloe wonders she is we got to continue on to this medication subject because it's so important so now she's fucking you know suspicious as fuck so now she's like what the fuck mom what the fuck is this woman giving me why am i taking this green pill so she makes this excuse at dinner the next day. I don't fucking remember. Or, or, or I think it's dinner. She's like, hey, mom, how come you don't fucking take me out to the movies anymore like you used to? And so eventually we see them going to a small town movie theater. This is why I said this is like a Seattle adjacent city because it's such a small town. There's like one theater, one pharmacy. And so they get there to the theater. But there's this scene. They do a really good job at framing the pharmacy across the street and you already know the intent of this girl because she's so fucking smart you know what she's trying to do she's trying to figure out what this medication is and this was just an excuse to get her out there 
They were in the theater. And then she's just waiting for the right moment. And tells her mother she's got to use the restroom. And she bolts out across the street to the pharmacy, cuts in line, tells everybody she's, you know, handicapped and <laughs> gets to the front of the line. And asks the pharmacist, hey, what's this fucking green pill I've been taking? And, of course, the pharmacist is like, well, that medication is not for you. It's under your mom's name. And she's like, oh, what the fuck? Starts to freak out immediately. But she's like, what? Well, can you tell me what it is anyway? She's the pharmacist is like, I sure can't tell you what that is, honey, because it's not under your name. And then Chloe's so smart. Again, I keep saying this, but she really is. She's such a smart, you know, she's such a satisfying movie character. She's not one of these dumbass characters that fucking die because they're just fucking dumb. Chloe is the opposite of that. Chloe lives because she's so fucking smart. Kudos to the writers and kudos to Chloe for being so fucking smart. And kudos to this actress for executing this performance so well. So anyway, she's at the pharmacy and she notices that this woman likes games. She likes escape room games. And then, you know, makes up this fucking excuse about her and her mom like to play this clue game or some bullshit. And, you know, just to try to con the pharmacist and to give him the information. And the pharmacist falls for it almost, right? She almost fucking falls for it. She falls for it to some degree because she winds up revealing that the medication itself is actually not for her mother. But it's under her mother's name. But it's actually dog medication. What the fuck? My mother's been giving me dog medication? That's right. Mother's been feeding her some fucking muscle relaxing that helps dogs like for the lower extremity. So you know why this girl can't walk? Because her fucking mother's been giving her some fucking medication for dogs while they have like leg surgery or some shit. Point is that she can't walk because of this fucking green pill. And of course, as all of this shit is happening, Diane, close mother, runs into the fucking pharmacy screaming bloody man like, where the fuck is my daughter? Who the fuck took her? And all of this bullshit. And telling everybody in line to give her some space and, you know, so she can be alone with Chloe. Not because she fucking cares about Chloe. Nah, it's just because she wants to fucking inject Chloe with some shit. And she does that. The fucking injects Chloe with some sedative and knock we out. Knocked her out. Next scene we see is Chloe waking up in her fucking room. And what's Chloe doing? Well, you know, what the fuck happened? Now she's really fucked up, you know? Now she's really, like... What's my fucking mother doing to me? Holy mother of fuck. Not in those exact words and not in that exact cadence, but you know, that's what she's thinking. And so she tries to get out and the fucking door is locked. God fucking damn it. God fucking damn it. Is what Chloe should be thinking at this point. Not expressed explicitly, but you can see it in her face. This is what she's thinking. So she picks the lock. But of course the mother put a garden hose on the other side so she can't fucking get out. So anyway, Chloe, because again, as I said this before, this girl's fucking smart. It's the smartest movie character I've seen in a long time. She's like, fuck this. So that's putting together some extension cords. You don't know what the purpose is. Uh, grabs a blanket and crawls out the fucking window. And crawls on the roof of her house, surely but surely, with her blanket. With her extension cord. And then all of a sudden you're wondering, well, why is this extension cord on her? It doesn't even look like it's holding her in case she falls. I thought it was just to prevent her from falling. But no, Chloe's fucking smarter than me, even though we're a smart audience. You know why she brought the extension cord? Remember that soldering iron I mentioned earlier? So she can fucking connect her soldering iron, baby, because the other window was going to be closed. And Chloe's like, I ain't, I'm not taking a chance on that shit being locked. Fuck this. So she brought her soldering iron. She brought an extension cord, and I'll tell you why she brought a blanket in just a second. But anyway, she plugs in her soldering iron into that thing, and it's so satisfying to see such a fucking smart character, right? Oh, I love all of this shit. And she uses the soldering iron to poke a hole in the window, or at the very least to warm up the window to a point where it starts to melt. And I forgot to mention something earlier. 
she filled her mouth her her mouth with water so all of this is happening as she has like puffy cheeks full of water from her sink and so she touches the window with this super hot iron and it starts to you know the glass starts to, to crack a little bit and all of a sudden she spits cold water and what does the girl accomplished crack the glass now she's in baby but what she's gonna hurt herself nah not chloe baby because she's fucking smart that's why she brought her blanket so she uses her blanket to crawl into what eventually turns out to be her fucking mother's room and of course she tries to use the phone but the fucking phone lines are cut and at this point i'm like this girl's so fucking smart she's gonna solder those wires back together but you know what they didn't do that because obviously the girl doesn't have time right now she it's very urgent so she opens the door I don't want to talk about this too much, but just because I felt like you know, I said I didn't want to complain about anything, but I felt like it wasn't needed. She starts to get an asthma attack. She gets over it really quick, whatever. Uh, tries to get downstairs, but of course, the machine that puts her, the machine onto which she puts her wheelchair, wires are cut. Why? Mother. And again, I'm like, you know what? This girl has, fuck. I had no doubt that this girl can solder those wires back together. She has solder in that room. I know it. But. To move the story quicker forward, she didn't do that. She, she winds up throwing her wheelchair over this machine and eventually starts to crawl over the machine herself before the machine gives and she falls over onto the stairs, over the stairs and onto the floor. But there's hope. She sees her foot tingle or she tingles her feet or her toes tingles her feet. Tingle, tingle. She, she moves her toes for the first time. This is the first time we see her use her lower extremities and it's amazing because she's such a, you know... Oh, what an amazing character. And you want her to win so bad. You know, you're just rooting for Chloe. You want her to escape. So she gets downstairs, her wheelchair. So she gathers her strength. You know, she checks to see whether her bones are broken. She checks the left bone. She checks the right bone. The left bone still connected to the right bone and everything is fine. Jumps on her wheelchair and bolts the fuck out of that house. Then we see her rolling that wheelchair up the driveway where we see a car approaching some kind of vehicle and she quickly hides away because obviously she thinks it's her mother thankfully it's not it's actually the mailman and the mailman at this point in fucking horror suspense movies is the dumbest fucking character in the history of mankind right either doesn't see her or tells her to wait for her well i don't know who you are young lady but you gotta wait for your mother or some bullshit like that but now nah, this mailman's like what's up man? why are you bleeding and she's like well my mother's fucking me up and a mailman, you know, and they kind of tease it a little bit. You don't know where the mailman's going. Is he going to help her? Is he not going to help her? The mailman's like, nah, that's fucked up, yo. I'll help you. And starts to wheel her over towards the back of the, of the mail truck. But, of course, the mother gets there. Oh, my fucking God damn it. So well done. It's not cliche or anything like that. But, you know, I guess I could have seen her mother coming. But they do it so well here that I can't complain about it. It's just so well written and well tied together and well shot. Anyway, wheels her back towards the front of the truck while he deals with the mother. Mother, of course, fucking Diane, the mother, with some bullshit story about her daughter hallucinating and all this bullshit. And uh, But the mailman's like, mm, not buying it. Even though it could have been one of those situations where, like, in most movies of this type, the, the mailman's like, well, I guess, yeah, you must be the mother, so you must be right. And it's a fucking doofus or a dumbass. Not in this fucking movie. Everybody's smart, which I really love. I, I love I love smart. This is so good because the audience is fucking smart. We're not idiots, okay? Give us more smart shit. And then, of course, Diane's mother pulls out her phone. And she's like, well, 
I'm gonna dial 911 in true fucking Karen fashion, insinuating that somehow the mailman had anything to do with the bloody state that in which uh, Chloe was in. The mailman's like, well, you go ahead, baby. Call what the fuck you want. I'm still gonna help Chloe, which is, again, very fucking satisfying. Like, at every corner where there's a decision to be made in this movie about whether or not the character's going to get screwed or, you know, or, or, or double-crossed, it doesn't fucking happen. And it's just, it's just beautiful to see this. I love this. And of course, the mother's just fucking bluffing. And the man's like, goes back to Chloe, and I'm like, I'm gonna help you. Where do you want to go? Hospital or police? And she chooses police, baby, because, you know, she wants to press charges on her mother. Her mother would try to murder her at this point, or at the very least, did something to prevent her from walking. Next thing we see is mailman in the back of his truck with Chloe getting ready to leave. And, of course, as the door's closing, we see another scene of the mother pulling out a fucking gun or a syringe from the truck where teeth we don't know next thing we see is the doorman or the the mailman closing the doors gets what fucking injected with some shit substance in her neck fade to black and now chloe oh chloe she's captured fade to black again and now we see her in the fucking basement god damn it you know she's such a smart girl you just want her to win like you want every good character in the movie to fucking win but my goodness they're doing such a good job at preventing her from winning that I'm not angry. I'm just very, you know, oh, angsty about when she's going to finally, finally win in a good way. Anyway, we're in the house back again in the Chloe and Diane's house. And now the mailman's being dragged. So at the very least, we now know that this woman is a serial kidnapper. Because she just kidnapped uh, the mailman. And there's also bloody trails. So she could have potentially, at the very least, hurt his head. Or cracked his skull. Or gutted him. Or something. We're not told that he's murdered, but, you know, she's definitely capable of inflicting harm on somebody. We go back to Chloe in the basement. And now Chloe is, like, wondering what the fuck is going on. She's coming to from this darkness of, again, another fucking injection or another sedative that her mother injected her with. But now she's in the basement. It's not her room. And she's looking around, and she sees this trash pile. And guess what it fucking is? Oh my goodness. Her fucking U of W acceptance letters that she'd been waiting for ever. And I forgot to talk about that shit later. But fuck it, I forgot. What do you want me to do? That's how the brain works, okay? It's putting things together, I think, in a tremendous fashion at this point. She sees these letters. And you're like, she feel bad because she wants to go to college so bad. You know, she's, and she deserves to go to college because she's so fucking smart. You want this girl to go to college. You know, this is who you want in college. You know, this is like a future engineer waiting to happen. And of course, she's so disappointed to see this. And now even, you know, she feels even worse now. Her mother tried to, uh, you know, prevent her from walking, tried her, tried preventing her from going to the authorities. Now we really see that the mother is really fucking out to get Chloe, right? Doesn't really care about her well-being, at the very least not in a normal convention in sense. And then a mysterious box with mysterious items inside, one of which is a death certificate with the name of you guessed it chloe so that baby that we saw at the beginning of the movie the baby that was born prematurely the one with all those diseases that's the real chloe our chloe the girl who we want to win is a different character but who is she so she keeps rummaging through this box of artifacts and she sees this clipping of a newspaper for all you kids out there who don't know what a newspaper is that's like a that's the internet, but in paper. Think about the internet, but in a piece of paper. You go to Google News on a newspaper, a piece of paper, 
like the piece of paper that you used to write in school with. Not a computer, not a tablet, not a cell phone, a piece of paper with words on it. And the words were typically new. And so they call them newspaper. New words, new information on a piece of paper. So the newspaper clipping has information about a couple who had their baby stolen from the same hospital that the original Chloe, the real Chloe, died at. And there's a flashback scene. There's a flashback scene again of Diane holding Chloe. And unfortunately, the real Chloe not making it. She died. She was, uh, you know, she was born with so many different conditions. She died about two hours after she was born. And we see this really tragic scene of, you know, Diane holding her dead baby, you know, her postmortem baby, which I think is a technique that is done to help mothers come to the realization or parents come to the realization that their child has unfortunately passed away. It's a real thing. And not two seconds later, we see another scene of, you know, a clearly distraught Diane looking over a nursery with more babies. And you get the sense, obviously, and the impression that this is where everything goes awry. This is her first crime. A crime of passion, a crime of desperation, a crime in which you can understand the situations that were happening wrong under any circumstance, certainly, but really paints the picture for what Diane turned into after suffering such a traumatic uh, event in her life. Anyway, we flash forward again, and uh, as we see Chloe, we come to the realization that she isn't, in fact, Chloe. She's, in fact, somebody else's child. Guess who comes in knocking on the door? Well, it's Diane, and Diane has no good intentions here. Wants to convince Chloe to start over, and that she must realize why she did all of this. But, you know, Chloe, again, I'm going to say this again because I love this. Chloe's not buying any of this bullshit. Chloe's like, nah, you fucked up. Who am I? You stole me from my real fucking parents? Fuck you. Not in the same words that I just used and not using the same cadence and maybe not with the same amount of anger, but definitely emotional and definitely directed at Diane for her transgressions, shall we say. And Diane's like, you know, I do everything for you and and I love you. You're my, you're my daughter. I love you, Chloe. But Chloe's not buying it, baby. Because Chloe's too fucking smart. And at this point, Diane's like, you know what? Fuck it. You know, she does the old Anakin Skywalker. If you're not going to join me, then you're against me. And she goes straight up Sith. She straight up fucking Sithed it up and starts putting together some concoction. And at this point, you know what she's trying to do? She's trying to inject Chloe with some other shit. And now Chloe's freaking out. Don't know what to do now. She's stuck in a basement, no way out. So she just fucking sees this door and then, you know, crawls her way over there and locks herself in. And, uh, you know, she's trying to figure out what the fuck to do. What do I do? What do I do? Well, the fucking room turns out to be a room full of fucking medications and all kinds of shit that she was feeding Chloe. This is her, you know, this is her poison room. And as she's trying to figure out what to do, wow, fucking Diane finds a key and comes into the, you know, into the medication room. But Chloe's so fucking smart, I'm going to say it again. Fucking smartest character, one of the smartest characters in cinema. Finds this medication or finds finds this substance that uh, the bottle clearly states that it should not be ingested. And if in case it is ingested, you must call 911 and confronts her mother. Or confronts her, quote unquote, mother. And tells her, you know what, bitch? You need me 
more than I need you and drinks this fucking thing, this poison. Oh, my God. You want to talk about fucking outsmarting somebody and just having something satisfying? That was the first time they do it in this movie. Well, that's the first time, but it's one of the first times that they do it in a really, really satisfying and payoffish kind of way. Anyway, Fade the Black. We see Chloe in the hospital. Of course, we now assume that she rushed her to the hospital. And then we soon realize under the pretense of uh, attempted suicide. So she said that Chloe attempted suicide. Of course, what a bitch. Um, but, uh, you know, she's talking to the nurse and the doctor uh, that tell her, well, unfortunately, because she did attempt a suicide and she's underage, she must be, or not necessarily because she's underage, you know, it's the right procedure to check somebody for, you know, psychiatric evaluations in situations like that. So while we're waiting for this psychiatric evaluation, we see a shot of Chloe, who's, you know, unfortunately non-mobile, can't move her limbs because of the medication or because of the poison she ingested. And we see her trying to communicate with the nurse in her room. And the nurse notices that she wants to make an attempt at communication and wants to grab a pen, but can't give her that. She gives her a crayon and a notepad, and Chloe slowly but surely begins to write. What is she going to write? Is she going to write, my mother is trying to fucking kill me? No, she can't do that. Can't move her hand. So she's scribbling away at something before we know it. Code fucking blue. Oh my goodness. What the fuck? Fake Code Blue, of course. You know the mother's up to something. Diane did some shit. And I think Code Blue is either... Uh, well, actually, I don't remember. What it, I don't know if it's universal, but it's uh, definitely not good. Somebody not being able to breathe, I think. In the midst of the Code Blue, guess what happens? Of course, fucking Diane comes in and kidnaps her own daughter again. And she's racing out of the hospital. You know what I really like about this fucking movie? That they didn't drag this shit on immediately like you know next scene now the nurse is like where the fuck is chloe and she sees that in the notepad she wrote the word mom meaning oh my god you know she's she's not some bullshit oh i don't know who this is what am i doing with this now she immediately calls security thank god and then i'll drag this shit out next scene we see is is chloe and the mom trying to race downstairs but of course finally an obstacle in diane's way fuck so satisfying again you know that the bad fucking character in this movie has obstacles the escalator is broken. So she has to go around and use a ramp, which is not nearby. And by this, all, all this time she's lost now, security is there, pulls out a gun, and without fucking dramatic, she just gets shot in the fucking shoulder and falls over the stairs. Phenomenal. Fade the black again. Last forward, seven years. Now an adult clawing, a successful clawing. I don't know that they specify exactly what she does, but she mentions that she does prosthetics for children, so maybe she became a mechanical engineer. I'd like to think she became a mechanical engineer with an emphasis in biomechanical engineering. But we see her visiting somebody in a, the hospital wing of a jail. And she goes through the process of security, and we, and, and we see her standing up and walking with a cane, which is so satisfying that she's on her way to walking. And then we finally see her enter a room where she exchanges some words and some news about potentially her granddaughter, granddaughter in quote, as she faces who we turns out to be a dilapidated and looking in horrible shape, her mother, quote unquote. And after all this dialogue, which is satisfying to hear, but I'm not surely going to fucking remember, you go find the script. She utters the words as she pulls out a bag of the little green fucking pills that we talked about so much earlier, all wrapped up so that she could sneak them in her mouth and regurgitate them when she needed them. 
pulls out a bag and she shows them to her mother, quote unquote, and she says, she utters the words with as much cadence as passion. Now, open wide, motherfucker. And the movie ends. And you know what she's doing? This girl's gonna feed this woman fucking pills. And you know what? That was so fucking satisfying. I fucking loved it. I loved how they ended that shit. She obviously didn't say it exactly like that because she was such a polite, intelligent character. But she, my goodness, she's just, that's exactly how I felt. That's how I felt that she was saying. She was telling her, fuck you for fucking me over all those years. Now you're going to suffer the same fucking fate or worse as she's stuck in this dilapidated institution just rotting away. And you know what? We fucking love it because you know why? Every good horror suspense thrill movie needs is a satisfying fucking ending a fainted ending something good something that you know that that allows you to feel good for a character allows you to feel good for the amount of time that you spend watching this film or with the amount of time that you spend listening to somebody talk about this film and it's so satisfying to see that so now the verdict i talked about at length the story because it's just worth talking about this so much and please watch this film if you haven't seen it it's, it's extremely satisfying from the perspective of the main character the horror that she that she goes through but how, how she uses intelligence that to, to, you know to overcome every single obstacle presented to her it was just fascinating and it was it is enjoyable and i rarely see somebody so intelligent in movies and i loved it so i'm gonna give this movie a very satisfying and well-deserved seven out of ten how dare you give this movie just a seven earlier you said you'd give this movie just one point for using a soldering iron i did say that but i also said that i didn't really think that this was a horror movie this is the horror movie from the perspective of the main character not for the audience itself and because of that and because it's my fucking show this movie gets a seven and it's a well-deserved seven. Believe me, eight, nines, and tens are, are really reserved for for the, the cream the cream of the crop. The best of the best. And I'm not saying this wasn't the best of the best, but if we were reviewing suspense thrillers and this was Rick's Suspense Thriller Review Show, Rick's Rated R Suspense Thriller Review Show hosted by Rick, then I think this movie would be a ten. I really do. But this is not Rick's Suspense and Thriller Review Show. Rick's Rated R Suspense Thriller and Review Show. No, this is Rick's Rated R Horror Movie Review Show. And because of that, this movie gets a 7. And that is, much, that is as much as I'm going to say about this. Thank you so much. If you're still listening, really appreciate you sticking by with us. And uh, until next time, on Rick's Rated R Horror Movie Review Show.